Good morning, Sonship. Welcome to A Course in Miracles Daily Reading Conference Call, where we gather and read from the original edition of ACIM, which is published by Course in Miracles Society. Today we are reading from the Manual for Teachers, Section 13. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? We also invite our daily lesson, number 350, into our study today, Miracles Mirror God's Eternal Love, and to offer them is to remember Him, and through His memory is to save the world. You can access an original edition by going to jcim.net, and on the homepage on the link you will see online edition. We gather Monday through Friday from 9.15 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we read each paragraph twice. And we're finished. We open up the floor and we share. Um, let's see. In order, right now I have Lee, Sharon, Reverend Regent, Ada, and excuse me, Ida and Fran, and then Paula is listening. Has anyone joined the call that would like to get on the reading list? Good morning, it's Mary. Hi, Mary. Great. Good morning, it's Carl. Okay, Mary and Carl after Fran. And so in this holy instant, I'm turning the call over to Sharon for our centering prayer. Sharon? Bryce is here also. I'm sorry. I uh, I have a bad cell phone signal, though, so I'm just going to hopefully be able to listen. Thanks. Glad you're here. Thanks, Chris. Good morning, Brother Jesus and my family. What a great question, Jesus. You pose for us this morning. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? I am learning that we cannot sacrifice anything of this world. The world is made of a dream of despair, sadness, rejection, and disdain. We have no meaning. They have no meaning, no value. Of course, no one really wants any of this. We just made them up the way a screenwriter writes a movie plot. They are not real at all. We may think there is meaning in all that emotion that we have. A screenwriter or movie director invests much of himself into his work. He must create a belief in its value. Sorry. Sorry. He must create a belief in its value to accomplish his task and then justify all that effort. We are all directors and screenwriters of our meaningless world. But you whisper to us, a lack of value it all has every time the goal has been met and we still feel empty and doubtful. This is something that we need to be paying close attention to. You whisper to us, the answer is right in front of us. All that effort, time and time again, of chasing after a dream, a goal, a wish, a desire, does it give us the satisfaction we imagine it will? When we look back on our lives, what will we cherish? Of course, it is those moments in which we gave or received love. 
Am I willing to sacrifice the rest? All that is not love. What would I what would be left if I sacrificed all of that? You tell us in your introduction the course does not aim at teaching the meaning of love, for that is beyond what can be taught. It does aim, however, at removing the blocks to the awareness of love's presence, which is your natural inheritance. The opposite of love is fear. But what is all-encompassing can have no opposite. Unquote. Would I like to sacrifice these blocks? Is it a sacrifice to let go of something that hurts me and keeps me from what I really want? You remind us that we are tricked by our goals and desires. We learn and accept that we have to take the bad with the good, but we don't realize that the bad and the good are two sides of the same coin. If there is, quote, bad, that is our hint that what we call, quote, good is not good at all. How good can anything be if it is accompanied with the bad? If I reach out for what I want, and I'm given what I want, but my hand is simultaneously slapped, is that not confusing? And does that not bring fear or doubt? No wonder we are all tired and discouraged. But still we try sometimes to distract ourselves from the pain. We try over and over again to find our joy. You tell us, quote, and so he seeks it in a thousand ways and in a thousand places, each time believing it is there and each time disappointed in the end. Seek but do not find remains this world's stirring decree. And no one who pursues the world's goals can do otherwise. Unquote. How clearly it all becomes when I just step back and look at it. I fall into a trap here, a dead in there, a fruitless, fruit, fruit, futile endeavor that is exciting at first, but I then wait for the other shoe to drop. You offer us the way out. You ask us, have you suffered enough to know that there is simply more suffering down this road? You whisper to us to let it all go and be shown what we are really looking for. When you ask me to let it all go, you are asking me to stop my personal habit of sacrifice. You offered this to us long ago, and it was written in Matthew 11. Come unto me, all ye that labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. In this Christmas season, I am reminded of these words. I wear the chain I forged in life. I made it link by link and yard by yard. I gathered it on my 
of my own free will, and by my own free will I wore it. I love those words. If I need to sacrifice these chains I made, what a happy thought is that? Help me, Brother Jesus, to wake up, rush to the window, and call out to the boy below and say, Is it Christmas Day? Oh, no, it's Christmas Day. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. Ah, and so they have. Thank God for that. And so they have. God bless us, everyone. Amen. 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 Thank you, Sharon. Sharon. (laughs) Oh, Sharon, that was beautiful. Yes. Mm. Quite a prayer. Love that play. (laughs) Here we go. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? Although in truth, the term sacrifice is altogether meaningless, it does have a meaning in the world. Like all things in the world, its meaning is temporary and will ultimately fade into nothingness from which it came when there is no use for it. Now its real meaning is a lesson. And like all lessons, it is an illusion. For in reality, there is nothing to learn. Yet this illusion must be replaced by a corrective device, another illusion that replaces the first, so both can finally disappear. And the first illusion, which must be displaced before another thought system can take hold, is that it is a sacrifice to give up the things of this world. What could this be but an illusion, since this world itself is nothing more than that? Lee, one and two, please. Although in truth the term sacrifice is altogether meaningless, it does have meaning in the world. Like all things in the world, its meaning is temporary and will ultimately fade into the nothingness from which it came when there is no more use for it. Now its real meaning is a lesson. Like all lessons, it is an illusion, for in reality there is nothing to learn. Yet this lesson, yet this illusion, must be replaced by a corrective device, another illusion that replaces the first, so both can finally disappear. The first illusion, which must be displaced before another thought system can take hold, is that it is a sacrifice to give up the things of this world, What could this be but an illusion since the world itself is nothing more than that? Two, it takes great learning both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? It cannot mean that you have less because of it. There is no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. Think a while about what the world calls sacrifice. Power, fame, money, physical pleasure. Who is the hero to whom all these things belong? 
Could they mean anything except to a body? Yet a body cannot evaluate. By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. Sorry, highlighting. Thanks, Lee. Sharon, uh, two and three, please. It takes great learning both to realize and to accept the fact that the world has nothing to give. What can the sacrifice of nothing mean? It cannot mean that you have less because of it. There is no sacrifice in the world's terms that does not involve the body. Think a while about what the world calls sacrifice. Power, fame, money, physical pleasure. Who is the hero to whom all these things belong? Could they mean anything except to a body? Yet a body cannot evaluate. By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. Once this confusion has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all the, quote, pleasures of the world are nothing. But what a sacrifice. And it is sacrifice indeed. All this entails. Now has the mind condemned itself to seek without finding, to be forever dissatisfied and discontented, to know not what it really wants to find. Who can escape this self-condemnation? Only through God's word could this be possible. For self-condemnation is a decision about identity, and no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. Thank you, Sharon. Reverend Rija, three and four, please. Okay, three. Uh, Once this confusion has occurred, it becomes impossible for the mind to understand that all the pleasures of the world are nothing. But what a sacrifice, and it is a sacrifice indeed, all this entails. Now has the mind condemned itself to seek without finding, to be forever dissatisfied and discontented, to know not what it really wants to find. Who can escape this self-condemnation? Only through God's word could this be possible. For self-condemnation is a decision about identity, and no one doubts what he believes he is. He can doubt all things, but never this. For God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent the giving up of children's toys? Does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all its ills looks back on it with condemnation. Yet he must rejoice that he is free of all the sacrifice which its value would demand of him. To them he sacrifices all his freedom. 
To them he sacrifices all his peace. And to possess them must he sacrifice his hope of heaven and remembrance of his Father's love. Who in his sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything. Thank you, Reverend Rija. <clears throat> Excuse me. Ida, four and five, please. Four. God's teachers can have no regret on giving up the pleasures of the world. Is it a sacrifice to give up pain? Does an adult resent the giving up of children's toys? Does one whose vision has already glimpsed the face of Christ look back with longing on a slaughterhouse? No one who has escaped the world and all its ills looks back on it with condemnation. Yet he must rejoice that he is free of all the sacrifice which its value would demand of him. To them he sacrifices all his freedom. To them he sacrifices all his peace. And to possess them must he sacrifice his hope of heaven and the remembrance of his father's love. Who in his sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? Five. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusions. It is the price that must be paid for the denial of truth. There is no pleasure of the world that does not demand this. For otherwise the pleasure would be seen as pain. And no one asks for pain if he recognizes it. It is the idea of sacrifice that makes him blind. He does not see what he is asking for. And so he seeks it in a thousand ways and in a thousand places, each time believing it is there and each time disappointed in the end, quote, seek but do not find, unquote, remains this world's stern decree and no one who pursues the world's goals can do otherwise. Thanks, Ida. Fran, five and six, please. Five. What is the real meaning of sacrifice? It is the cost of believing in illusions. It is the price that must be paid for the denial of truth. There is no pleasure of the world that does not demand this, for otherwise the pleasure would be seen as pain. And no one asks for pain if he recognizes it. It is the idea of sacrifice that makes him blind. He does not see what he is asking for. And so he seeks it in a thousand ways and in a thousand places, each time believing it is there and each time disappointed in the end. Seek, but do not find, remains this world's stern decree, and no one who pursues the world's goals can do otherwise. Six, you may believe this course requires sacrifice of all you really hold dear. In one sense, this is true, for you hold dear the things that crucify God's Son and it is the Course's aim to set him free. But do not be mistaken about what sacrifice means. It always means the giving up of what you want. And what 
O teacher of God, is it that you want? You have been called by God, and you have answered. Would you now sacrifice that call? Few have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. There is no other voice in all the world that echoes God's. If you would sacrifice the truth, they stay in hell. And if they stay, you will remain with them. Thank you, Fran. Mary, six and seven, please. You may believe this course requires sacrifice of all you really hold dear. In one sense, that is true. For you hold dear the things that crucify God's Son. And it is the Course's aim to set him free. But do not be mistaken about what sacrifice means. It always means the giving up of what you want. And what, O teacher of God, is it that you want? You have been called by God, and you have answered. Would you now sacrifice that call? Few have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. There is no other voice in all the world that echoes God's. If you would sacrifice the truth, they stay in hell. And if they stay, you will remain with them. Seven. Do not forget that sacrifice is total. There are no, quote, half sacrifices. You cannot give up heaven partially. You cannot be a little bit in hell. The word of God has no exceptions. It is this that makes it holy and beyond the world. It is its holiness that points to God. It is its holiness that makes you safe. It is denied if you attack any brother for anything. For it is here the split with God occurs, a split that is impossible, a split that cannot happen. Yet a split in which you surely will believe because you have set up a situation that is impossible. And in this situation, the impossible can seem to happen. It seems to happen at the, quote, sacrifice of truth. Thank you, Mary. Carl, seven and eight, please. Do not forget that sacrifice is total. There are no half-sacrifices. You cannot give up heaven partially. 
You cannot be a little bit in hell. The Word of God has no exceptions. It is this that makes it holy and beyond the world. It is its holiness that points to God. It is, it is its holiness that makes you safe. It is denied if you attack any brother for anything. For it is here the split with God occurs. A split that is impossible. A split that cannot happen. Yet a split in which you surely will believe because you have set up a situation that is impossible. And in this situation, the impossible can seem to happen. It seems to happen at the sacrifice of truth. 8. Teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice. And remember what each decision you make must mean in terms of cost. Decide for God, and everything is giving you, given you at no cost at all. Decide against him, and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. What would you teach? Remember only what you would learn. For it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you. Your healing claims it, and your learning gives it. The world contains it not, but learn this course, and it is yours. God holds out his word to you, for he has need of teachers. What other way is there to save his son? Thank you, Carl. And is there a new reader that's joined the call that would love to read paragraph 8? Uh, hi, this is Penny. I'm I, I'm listening, but I don't have my book with me. I'm sorry. Hi, hi Penny. Welcome. Thank you. All right, teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice and remember what each decision you make must mean it in cost in terms of cost. Decide for God, and everything is given to you at no cost at all. Decide against him, and you choose nothing at the expense of awareness of everything. What would you teach? Remember only what you would learn, for it is here that your concern should be. Atonement is for you, and your learning claims it, and your learning gives it, and the world contains it not. But learn this course, and it is yours, and God holds out his word to you, for he has need of teachers. And what other way is there to save his son? Amen. All right, my teachers, the floor is open. This is Sharon. I don't have the book op- or, the book or the, my computer open in front of me right now, but I, so I can't remember exactly. But it says, but there is a line that just rang so beautifully to me this morning, and it is something along the lines of, it is holiness that makes you safe. And mm, am I going to be able to convey what that means to me? Probably not. It's incredible, though. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. 
Hi. Thank you. Thanks, Sherry. I have a question. <clears throat> okay. About all those things that are pleasures of this world. Okay. So let's say I'm Mrs. Donald Trump. So I have money, fame, power, physical pleasure, you know, all that stuff. Does that mean that I can't have the kingdom of God? Or is it only that I must seek ye first the kingdom first, the kingdom of God, and all things else shall be added unto you? Thank you. I'll complete. This is Sharon. Um, I, I just so always reminds me of the Bible verse about going through the eye. It is easier for... That I have a needle. Oh man, I'm not going to remember that. a camel to go through an, uh, the eye of a needle. Yes, thank you. And and I think that only reason for that is is not because of the of the wealth and power itself, but because of the focus one places on it. Um, it's I I can't point to many people in the world that had wealth and power and all of those things um, that. I would see as as being leaders in the in the spiritual sense, but that doesn't mean to me that it can't happen. They're very um, infectious and intoxicating, and um, seem to carry a life in itself of them, them their own selves. What is the term? Um, absolute power corrupts absolutely. And yet, I don't believe that that in itself is is a problem, all those things. I think it's the way we focus on them and what they mean to us. Thank you. I'm complete. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. Thank you, Sharon. Thanks, Sharon. <laughs> I'm sorry. Although I'm oh. sure it'll never be Donald Trump or Mrs. Donald Trump. I'm complete. <laughs> You know, uh, uh, this is Reverend Rita Joy, and Ida, um, you, I heard you say, it, it was just so interesting, my mind uh, was wandering, uh, because I have a friend who has asked me for some support in uh, seeing a um, physical condition that he has differently. He's been trying to heal from it for quite a while, and he wanted to have a discussion about it, and I told him I would uh, meditate and, and get back to him. And for some reason, while you were talking, that came up really strong. And um, I, I heard, uh, it, it felt like I heard, it's time to get back to him. And I know that I need to just ask for guidance. And Ida came through you. You said, right at that moment, you said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and all things will be added to you. And that's exactly that's, I feel as though that's a message that um, I want to relay to my friends. So I thank you. I love how messages come through all of us to the one son, and I, I thank you for that. <laughs> I'm complete. You're welcome, and I'm so happy that something I said could, could help out in some way. I'm complete. Absolutely. Very nice. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Reverend Marija. I'm going to be really quick and brief. Uh, this idea of the Word of God 
and um, it being the one thing that I need most of all to uh, eradicate uh, the idea of sacrifice completely for me really brings me to you know what what's gone wrong in uh, in my own experience and all the, the loss of my identity in in this self condemnation uh, is that I sought myself and something other than the Word of God, other than the truth of, of God. And that's what this section for me would have me truly understand and correct all of my insane ideas have been a cause of self-condemnation because I've sought myself and things outside myself to fulfill myself. And I've denied what the Word of God would speak to me as the truth of who I am, that I would find all of my satisfaction in God's voice to tell me who I am that my source must be the singular form of my holiness, of my wholeness, of my everything being centered in my source, the Word of God. Uh, let me accept no sacrifice of that truth today. I'm complete. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Thank you, Bryce. Good morning, everyone. It's Lee. The section titled then is What is the Real Meaning of Sacrifice? Understanding that I began with my uh, relationship to the term with the feeling that um, and the fear that as I answer the call of a spiritual approach to my life I'm going to be asked to give up things that I cherish he tells me that that's the world's sense of what sacrifice means to give up something um, that I need or want but he wants me to understand I can move beyond that sense if I begin to work with a different meaning for sacrifice the real meaning of sacrifice and the alternative meaning for sacrifice is what he features in paragraph 8 when he says decide for God and everything is given you at no cost at all decide against him and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. He wants me to understand that that's the real meaning of sacrifice. If I want to know where a sacrifice lies, let me understand that when I choose the
the ego thought system and what it values and cherishes as my guide, I will have chosen essentially nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. So this whole section is directing me to welcome in every way I can what the curriculum is guiding me to, a correction and a desire for correction that leads me to respond to the call to what he calls variously in this section the Word of God, what he, what he calls uh, the truth. And for me, there's no difference between the Word of God and the truth of what I am and what that truth of what I am would reveal as the truth about everything. It's in the truth about everything that I'm freed from all the mistaken values that the ego thought system has introduced. I can begin to desire more deeply every day that I no longer exchange the awareness of everything for what the ego has directed me to value and pursue. Do you want to know what sacrifice really means, he's asking me? Just remember that as you respond to this call to truth, you're directed to gifts that make the old gifts fall away in terms of a sense of value. Twice in this section, he says to me, do not be mistaken, or rather, a teacher of God, do not forget the meaning of sacrifice. Do not forget, Lee, the real meaning of sacrifice. Do not forget what you're really giving up as you pursue what you presently value. So as I leave this section, I take with me my takeaway is this renewed understanding of what sacrifice genuinely means, where the sacrifice actually is happening moment by moment as I choose into the ego's thought system and what it directs me to value and pursue. That's why in paragraph 5, he can tell me that there's no pleasure of the world that doesn't demand the denial of truth. For otherwise, the pleasure would be seen as pain. Otherwise, what I'm pursuing, if it requires the denial of truth, would be seen as the source of my pain. And no one asks for pain if he recognizes it. But he says, it's the idea of sacrifice that makes him blind. It's the idea of sacrifice that makes me blind to how much my denial of the truth is the source of my pain. It's the way I presently relate to sacrifice that makes me have the brakes on, that uh, makes me resist this call to correction. So he's giving me a means to check myself. When I think about the fear of what I'll be giving up as I pursue this curriculum, he wants me to have this alternative ready. Oh yeah, my pursuit of the truth offers me everything in terms of freedom and release from all my suffering and every sense in which I um, 
I uh, remain disheartened or in, um, in the grip of difficulty. My pursuit of the truth is my release. And everything that resists that call to truth, the invitation to the Word of God, is the nature of my suffering. So I'm repeating myself here, but I, it's, a, it's a wonderful takeaway. This is the sense in which he says, let's just talk about sacrifice for a moment as an illusion. And we're going to start with the world's version of this illusion of sacrifice. And then we're going to offer you the real meaning of what's being sacrificed so that you know that when you accept the word of godly, Sacrifice will mean nothing to you unless you linger in the idea of resisting the truth again to pursue what the ego directs you to pursue. If I were following the word of God, sacrifice would have no meaning to me. It would simply represent any temptation I might have to return to or linger in something that the ego's thought system is offering me, contrary to the truth, I'm complete. Thank you, Lee. Uh, yeah, you, Lee. that was great. Thank you, Lee. Great. Loved it. And how is this accomplished? Do we pull back on the stick or do we push forward on the stick? We give up judgment entirely, preventing attack, and then ask to see what the Holy Spirit shows us. It's infallible because you will still have everything in the world, but you will look at it with new eyes. I'm complete. Oh, great, Rob. I love it. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Rob. Sharon, and I want to go back to the comment that I made earlier. I think, Ida, you asked about, but if we had all those material things, power, and wealth, um, could we still, does that mean we can't experience God? And it, I, think, I think a better answer for me would be that in order to accumulate those things, I must be focusing on them. And if I'm focusing on them, I must be blocking my experience of God. And it's a matter, it's not a black and white situation, it's a matter of degree. Um, but there's nobody that I know in the world that has, um, well, I already spoke that, said that, but I think about, again, it's Christmas, so I'm thinking about good King Wenceslas. He actually wasn't really a king. As it turns out, he was um, he was made king after he died. I mean, that because he was so loved that it was like, kind of like being canonized after you die, um, apparently. And he didn't have a lot of power. He had some, but what he really had was what he led with was his heart. So, I am complete. Thank you. This was a friend of yours, Sharon, that you were talking about, a friend of yours? 
figuring out that you knew? Okay, well, I'm not going to worry about that. All right, now, I just want to quote a quote from somewhere <laughs> in this course. Oh, and I didn't really study it to go, you know, tell you chapter and verse, but um, the sacrifice is nowhere, but God is everywhere. I love that. Now I start here, I guess, start getting a little too depressed about the idea of sacrifice and how my ego has used that and, and to attack myself so much over the years. I felt like the queen of, you know, denial or something. But um, I think about that, that reality, sacrifice is nowhere and God is everywhere. and You know, so anyway, so thank you. Humble queen. Thank you, Anna. Thanks, Sharon. This is Reverend Regia Joy, and uh, thanks, Ida, because uh, what came to mind just now was, you know, I, um, I keep coming back to those who see themselves as whole, make no demands. And I, I got a sense, I was trying to come back to that knowledge that I have everything right now. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, that, uh, that idea, I think Rashad Field, I'm not sure where it came from. I think it was from Rashad Field. But the idea that um, a healer is someone who has died and come back to heal and died to uh, illusion. And so I'm, I always imagine that I have already left my body, already laid it down. And, um, and then I can pick it up again <laughs> with a different uh, focus, a different uh, from a different perspective, from the perspective that the gifts of God are mine. I already have peace. I already have eternal life. I already have safety. That beautiful quote that Sharon liked about safety. I already have it. When I know that, when I truly uh, know that, and it can't be, uh, it's forever. That The word uh, absolute keeps coming to mind as I, as I listen to shares and read this because it's, there's no exceptions. It's absolute. That's what saves me. I love that idea. I keep coming back to that idea. I think when I was a little girl, I was very Catholic. I was going to be a nun. And uh, I just said the rosary. I went to church four or five times a week. I just was a holy roller. And I felt blessed by the Holy Spirit. And I, um, I felt that I felt this feeling of absoluteness. I don't know how to explain it. It, it, it filled me. It was so complete, so real. Uh, so mm, that's the truth of who I am, who the Son of who we are, who the Son of God is, and uh, and you know I almost started to to cry <laughs> today when I was reading. I got the sense of love. I got the sense of love that love is everything. He said he did say. It doesn't conquer all things, but it sets all things right. And I truly believe that because what love does is it brings me back to who I am. He said, what are you going to, he asks us today, what are you going to teach? And of course, being good course students, teach only love. But that is what you are. And I'm complete. Thank you. I have a question. Thank you, Reverend Regia. 
Thank you, very Brother nice. Elizabeth. That was very great. Nice. Thank you. When when you were young, you you were saying exactly what my Clarice says about her youth. The way I see it was, I had no means of discerning any judgment, but I had no guidance. You and Clarice had no way of discerning anything. You knew that you had to get judgment from elsewhere. It wasn't within you. And at the very same time, you were getting guidance in your ear, guidance in your mind. If we can go back to that attitude that you just described, with those principles in mind, I don't know what anything is. And I'm getting guidance in my mind because I'm constantly asking now because I don't want the other. I don't want somebody's advice. I want the Holy Spirit's advice. And I think that was what makes it significantly different for young people who are getting good church guidance about what to think about. What do you think, Reverend Raja? I I don't know about the church guidance. It did give me an opportunity to open to be filled with the Holy Spirit, which is what I felt happened. And, uh, you know, when you just said, um, I want I want the Holy Spirit's uh, guidance and, and not necessarily uh, from someone else. And what, what hit me was that I hear the Holy Spirit in other people. And uh, so it's just, uh, it is there. Uh, and it comes in so many different ways, this guidance. Uh, like you said, like I think uh, some of us have felt that it comes in uh, bumper stickers and, and synchronicities and all kinds of ways, which is so awesome. So I don't know. For me, the church, um, yes, the nuns and the, the incense and the beautiful reverence, it just inspired me to open to the Holy Spirit. And when I opened, I was filled filled with the Holy Spirit and whatever works whatever works whatever works uh, is is uh, I don't know is what we should choose I guess for ourselves I'm complete thank you Reverend Rachel yeah, thank you this is Rob again I think it's the innocence of children which is the key to knowing what you are. We think we have some experience. Um, It's just not valid. I can actually tell you that what they're teaching pilots today is nothing like the kind of things that we were taught. I I cannot believe it when I look at it. They are completely involved in operating a computer in the air. I was involved in operating an aerodynamic vehicle in the air. So 
now I can make a judgment, you see. I have been there, and now this has changed to that. But when I was a child, I, I really had no basis of judgment. If somebody told me that was good, I tasted it. And then I could see whether I liked it or not. I, I think it's the return to a childlike attitude without judgment that is the key to us obtaining no sacrifice. You will still have your life, but you will see it so differently when you're getting your true picture from the Holy Spirit. I'm complete. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, thanks, Rob. Good point. Thank you. It's Lee. I just wanted to mention that I um, center on a phrase in paragraph 3 at the end of the first sentence where he says, all the pleasures of the world are nothing. He puts pleasures in quote for me, but um, I recognize that that still has a little bit of a tug. Like, really, all the pleasures of the world... Um, are nothing, all the pleasures of the world, uh, I can imagine, take me away from the Word of God. I just want to share that for me there's a lot um, in the sentence that precede paragraph 3 that helps define what he means by the pleasures of the world. After having described that everything he's speaking of has... Um, the basis for the real sacrifice, the things I pursue mistakenly, um, have to do with uh, a body. What could these things mean except to a body? He says in the last sentence, by seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body, obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is. That then becomes the key for me to understand what he means I'm sacrificing truth in pursuit of. This is what he means I need to have and ask and inquire and, and invite, be cleared away from me in terms of my um, present um, value system and what I'm mistakenly pursuing. It's that which persuades my mind to identify with the body so greatly that this pursuit obscures my identity, obscures my identity, and makes me lose sight of what I really am. That then becomes the single definition for what I should ask help with um, turning away from what I should be asking help with uh, guidance toward clearing away my mistaken pursuit of what makes me identify with my body as though the body is what I am. That which makes me lose sense of my identity and lose sight of what I really am. Those then are the pleasures of the world. And that puts this whole idea 
that he's introducing me to in this section in, in uh, proper perspective, uh, complete. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, that was really helpful. Thank you so much. You're welcome, Sharon. And by the way, that's the only sense in which I condemn myself. This self-condemnation he talks about in paragraph three, if I realize I have access to what's true, and what's true would release me from all that I mistakenly pursue, then for me to turn away from the truth in pursuit of what is not that, in pursuit of that which obscures my identity and which obscures the truth, makes me mistakenly identify with the body, that is the sense in which that choice of mine condemns myself to the pursuit of the meaningless. So it's a whole defi different definition of self-condemnation. Um, I'm condemned to pursue the meaningless, and no one did it to me but myself. So it's a self-condemnation. I'm complete. Thanks, Lee. It's Chris. Um, I think this is one of the most challenging parts for me as a course student. Because I, I know I complain about this all the time. Because when I go to, when I start working, it's almost like I completely forget this. And then I roll over into the goal of, you know, that financial goal of, and then, then I turn it into, well, the money goal is to help the company grow. To help the company grow is to help each other. But if I can do what you're saying, like, I don't know if it's like, if I remember that I'm a soul and that money is not the end goal, that the true goal is to be helpful, then I'm not giving up anything. I think I've got it. I'm complete. Nice. I like that, Chris. Me too. And I'm reminded of what I said in the past when people said in Forbes and things like that, <clears throat> well, if we only had enough money, we could solve the blank blank problem, the starvation problem. And I said, well, if we had enough love, we'd have enough money. You know, it's the love has to come first, the desire to truly solve it and not just let it go on and talk about it for decades. <laughs> you know, so so uh, there's that. And I'm talking about the other thing is a backtrack a little bit to what Rob was saying and other people maybe, I don't know. But the innocence of children, well, yes. And when I was still an infant, <laughs> three or four months old, like I had colic and so... You know, I just after my other stuff, um, nursing me and went on the icky formula and <laughs> maybe like my mom said she thought I was picking up the tension in the house. Like, pretty astute of her, but um but I would you know, so I keep mom and dad up all night so they take turns and bless their heart, they have to go to work or go to school or whatever in the morning, you know. So but anyway, my mom said that that at some point I I shook my finger at her, made a yucky face and I went, This is it that you know, it's like I was, as an infant, I was already condemning my parents for parenting me wrong. So I'm not sure about the total innocence of children. <laughs> but anyway, uh, you know, I don't know, should I be embarrassed to share this with you? It's too late. I already did. It's like, thank you, complete. Thanks, Ida. Full disclosure, I used to fantasize about my parents getting an this is horrible, a car accident so I could be free. So <laughs> I, I, yeah, I share 
maybe that was more like I was a little bit, you know, out of my toddler years, but I appreciate what you're saying. I'm complete. <laughs> yeah, that is so funny. I, thank you. Okay, full disclosure, this is Reverend Regent Joy. <laughs> my fantasy was that I would, and <laughs> this is such a dichotomy, um, that I would put my father in a chair, and I've shared this before somewhere, uh, and tie him up and gag him, really, so he couldn't, so he couldn't talk, and so he would listen, because I just felt that he never listened to me. Um, and uh, so anyway, that's my fantasy. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. I'll, I'll have to tell you my fantasy. I guess we all have our dad fantasies. <laughs> my fantasy was that my sister and I could put the years that we had together and we could split them between three so that me and my sister and my dad would all die on the same day. <laughs> that <Aww>. was mine. <laughs> wow. I just a way to look at your parents. like <laughs> That's what I can truly say. You know, I've needed this course all my life. And I think when I found it in the 90s, other than the idea of the trust that God is never too late or too soon, which Leah Russell said, love is never too late or too soon, that I have to think that I shouldn't, I should have had it read to me from before I was born <laughs> in the womb. That's you, I'm complete. Oh, yeah, that's right. I was born in 57. Of course, I didn't come back until 75. Oops. Oh, well. Good idea about the womb. Although babies sometimes come in and their little brothers and sisters ask them, tell me about God. I think I'm forgetting. So maybe they come in all equipped. But this wouldn't hurt. Yeah, Wayne Dyer has a, has a book that he had done before he died of a, a, with his friend and neighbor, I think, uh, was inspired by his little son, her little son, uh, of the memories of children of before they were born. <laughs> so, so the afterlife, it's like the before life. I'm complete. Yeah. Nice. This is Bryce. Um, this question is really jumping off the page at me in the middle of paragraph six, and it's. Um, well, it's it's precluded uh, by this. I talk about sacrifice and always means the giving up of what you want. And what, O oh teacher of God, is it that you want? <clears throat> A few uh, sections back, uh, it talks about the end of uh, conflict at... Um, and you truly know what it is you want. I want to find that question again. I think it was, maybe somebody knows, but it was the very last sentence of one of the previous sections. Um, well, I'm not going to digress to go back to that, but it's really standing out. And what, uh, you know, it's it's... It's, uh, I had this uh, picture in my mind that, you know, when I give up everything and create, it's, 
uh, in in this section below here, it, it talks about uh, creating a situation. Uh, it says a split in which, in, in paragraph seven, um, it says because you have set up a situation that is impossible, and uh, it's amazing how tricky the mind is. I'm sorry to, to not be very clear here, guys, but the the idea that the course seems to present to me is that I I set up I have set up an impossible situation for myself and then forgotten that I have done this to myself. If if that if that's clear in this section that my self condemnation really is a is is a is a choice into hell. God save me please from the pursuit of hell <laughs> and then forgetting that I have done it to myself. This this is the trickiest part of my whole experience in this life is that I'll find myself in hell and forgot that I have done this to myself. And um, and and so to go back to this question, what is it that I really want? What is it that I really want? I want, you know, to know my safety. And uh, that's that's the thing that I think I can do by finding it in the when I think I can find it in the world and not realize that it's it's part of who I am that that's the biggest lesson here I want to know who I am I want to know that I'm secure I want to know that God God's answer is perfect for me in every situation and and that's what I I if if I could spend time every day really going within and getting this one question answered. I wouldn't pursue my safety or my satisfaction in the world. I think I do all those things because I'm I'm insecure about it. And so I go running around trying to find it in the world. And I need to know the security of who I am from the Word of God. That's why I come here every day. I, I need, I need to get this resolved. It's just abandonment of the real fact of the matter is I'm insecure about who I am, and uh, I, I appreciate all you guys bearing with me here a little bit. I, I want to know my wholeness and my safety in God more than anything in the world. I'm complete. Bryce, I love that. This is Fran. Um, of course, I feel the same way. And the thing that keeps coming back to me is when we did Lesson 339. I don't know if this is what you were talking about, but this has not left my mind. This part at the end when he says, let us resolve today to ask for what we really want and only this that we may spend this day in fearlessness without confusing pain with joy 
or fear with love. I just love that section, and uh, I feel the same way. Thanks so much for sharing that, Bryce. Beautiful. Great tie-in, Fran. Thanks so much. Yeah, it, what, uh, what I was looking at is, uh, was from Section 7 um, of the teacher's manual that ends with this statement, these two sentences. Doubt is the result of conflicting wishes. Be sure of what you want, and doubt becomes impossible. Thanks, Fran. Yeah, that was a great tie-in. Thanks both. Yeah, thank you, Bryce. And then, and then when I say that, I think then I can spill like the icing on the cake. <laughs> you know, I'm not seeing that as the pleasure that I'm seeking. But if I happen to taste it and I like it, it's okay. I'm, I'm with you, friend. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is Mary. Uh, the end of paragraph six, last few sentences. Speak a little bit to that, which you were talking about. Uh, but also spoke loudly of uh, of our value to God, of who we are. And it said, And what, O oh teacher of God, is it that you want? <laughs> You have been called by God, and you have answered. All of us on this call have been called by God, and we have answered. We are willing, or we wouldn't be here asking these questions and reading together. Would you now sacrifice that call for anything? I doubt it. Few have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. There is no other voice in all the world that echoes God's. Only you. If you would sacrifice the truth, they stay in hell. And if they stay, you will remain with them. So each time I believe in who I am, and I represent that to others. I am the voice for God. Reminds me of that prayer, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent him who sent me. That's all. You don't have to worry about what to say or what to do, where to go, to whom to speak. The voice will in will guide you. And if we choose that, we would sacrifice nothing. Thank you, I'm complete. That was truly beautiful, Mary. Yes. I don't know if that was supposed to be a closing, but if it was, it was a perfect one. (laughs) Beautiful, thank you. Really feel you, Mary. Thank you so much really strengthened by your share. Uh, This is Reverend Regent. What came to mind was uh, seeing uh, his message, Jesus, his message was love one another. And 
on this call we talked about starvation, etc. And if we saw each other as ourselves, we would do what comes naturally. It's it's all based on identification. Who are we? We are the Son of God, and, and that's with no exceptions. We're all the Son of God. Love one another. That was beautiful, Mary. Thank you so much. I'm complete. Thank you, Reverend Thank you. Rita. Thank you, Reverend Rita. A real highlight for me, Mary. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rita. Well, Reverend Rita, what do you say? Great. Sounds good. We'll, we'll uh, just close our time together by becoming still, joining with one another. Minds are joined. There is one mind and that we share. And so we draw within and feel that peace. All of our answers are there if we ask. If I want to know about sacrifice, as we read today in the manual, I, I thought in the past, I thought I had to sacrifice to gain. You know, if I put more hours into work, somehow my boss would notice. If I uh, acted a certain way, people would like me. If I went along with decisions that I didn't agree with, I thought somehow they knew better. Yet everything I thought I was sacrificing was always based on who I thought I was, which we learned today inevitably leads back to thinking I am a body in a world that makes no sense. Today in our reading, the question is, what is the real meaning of sacrifice? Quote, it is the cost of believing in illusions. It is the price that must be paid for the denial of truth. Unquote. What is the truth? The truth is what I have been learning in this course. It is the truth of who I am. Thus the real meaning of sacrifice becomes, he tells us today, a lesson. And like everything in this world, it is temporary. Instead of sacrifice meaning that I lose when I give up things in this illusory world, such as power, fame, money, physical pleasure, it actually means there is a cost to believing in these illusions. What is that cost? Quote, By seeking after such things, the mind associates itself with the body obscuring its identity and losing sight of what it really is, unquote. That's a huge cost. Not only do I obscure my identity and lose sight of what really is, I now have condemned myself to a futile search. Quote, now has the mind condemned itself to seek without finding, to be forever dissatisfied, discontented, to know not what it really wants to find, unquote. Uh, I have searched, 
and searched and searched, and I've never found relief in the things of this world. You know, there must come a time when this search is seen for what it is, an illusion of finding something I already have. And so we pray today, Father, Father God, I open now to your word, knowing only holiness and unity is there beyond the world I see. And it is only this that satisfies my longing. In your sight, I am whole and complete with no exception. And it is this wholeness and holiness which makes me safe. Today, through Elder Brother, I hear you whisper these words to my soul. Quote, You have been called by God, and you have answered. Would you now sacrifice that call? Few have heard it as yet, and they can but turn to you. There is no other hope in all the world that they can trust. Decide against him, and you choose nothing at the expense of the awareness of everything. Decide for God. Everything is given you at no cost at all. Who in his sane mind chooses nothing as a substitute for everything? My child, what would you teach? Teach only love, for that is what you are. And so it is. Amen. 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 Thank you, Reverend Rija. Thank you. Thank you, Reverend Rija, and thank you, everybody. Thank you, everyone. Blessings.